ready. I know what episode this is. Don't even don't even think about asking me. Hey, Alan, do you know what episode this is? Because hey, I know. Do you know? Uh, Did you know? 40, <laughs> it's forty-four. Yeah. Hell yeah! Sunglasses emoji. Dad. It's almost it. like we have a website where we can go and check. What I know. Number. I'm actually on the website. I was being <laughs> facetious. I'm playing a character on the show. Oh. It's the char- It's in, I'm in the Fireside Friends art. I'm like putting my hands over the fire, and then someone, you know, remember Courtney was like, "I'm gonna push out into the fire." That's me. I'm the one who gets pushed into the fire. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Little little does everybody know you're just standing there being like, "Ow! Ow! Ow! <laughs> ah! Shiny! Like, my hand! Yeah." It's burning. And Ryan's like, I'm just getting a tan. My legs are just <laughs> kicking it. A what? De- a tan? <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> Actually, nope. Actually, no. I didn't know you got tanned by uh, by campfires. Also, Ryan can't get tanned. <laughs> God. <sighs> All right. We need to start this. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. I got this, fam. I got this. Check it out. Starting Fireside Friends episode, oh God, 44? Yes. I already forgot. Yes. Yeah, 44. In <laughs> three, two, get it together in one. This is episode 44. My name is Alan, and I'm joined as always by Ryan. Let's go, Fireside. Let's go, <laughs> Fireside. <laughs> yep, no, that's, that's, that's going to sound great. That's going to sound great when I edit it. <laughs> It'll sync perfectly. There'll be perfectly, no issues. Yeah, perfect sync. Just like that's our clap test for the episode, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how we, that's how we do every clap test, actually. It's all, yeah, exactly. Every week, wonders more than one clap is easier to sink. <laughs> oh God, I'm also joined in this nightmare train by Katie. Hello, it's me. Howdy, Katie. What's good in the hood, Katie? How you been? I've been all right. I've been surviving and doing new things. Awesome. Anything in particular you'd like to share with the class? Ice skating. Ooh. Oh, so. you're gonna become Yuri on ice. Probably. Essentially. No. Then no. I'm in the next I, I, you Olympics. could just you could just say no. <laughs> they have they should have a good skate well no, I was gonna say it should have a good skating anime. Your nice is fine, it's got huge problems. I want a better skating anime though, like with girls also. Instead yes. of a bunch of dudes who refuse to say they're gay. So Ryan, you, what have you been up to? So you want Yaoi on ice? Yes, exactly. But no, but those words. Okay. <laughs> Hi. What? Hello. Hi. What are you even up to, Ryan? Uh. Burnout Paradise. Just say. Sorry, I'm trying to say something other than Burnout Paradise so I can sound smart. Lots of studying <laughs> and reading and uh, homework and studying. Being for an academic. And wow. To- totally not playing Burnout Paradise all of this weekend. I mean. Hello, welcome to Fireside Friends, where we have a published writer on the Washington Post 
uh, Ryan Persaud. They eventually delete those articles, which is fucked up. No, that's <laughs> That's why they we have to take like PDF like screenshots of it when we get Jeez. published. Well, because it's only for like a legislative session, and when the session's over, the the news stops. And if it's like a developing story, there's no use in keeping the posts up. I guess the posts is, is the logic behind it. So, but I already screen capped everything. It's all good. I have it archived. And you well, still have the, you still wrote that. that. I yeah. have it up on my re- resume. So on your resume, <laughs> yeah. On your indeed.com page. My snagajob.com. <laughs> add monster.com. Add me on LinkedIn. I get I fucks yeah no this is I was about to say I still get emails from LinkedIn but this is like a stand up bit now. <laughs> yeah, what's the what's the deal with LinkedIn? I actually applied somewhere like earlier today, and I, it, there was an option to link your LinkedIn profile to it. Yeah. So I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't really have much on there, but I also have a link to, I guess I have a LinkedIn profile. When I was job hunting, I just used fucking Indeed. So you can find me find me on Indeed. Hit me up on Indeed.com, except I have a job now, so don't. <laughs> um, yeah, so speaking of things that we... Oh, God, I can't yep, segue this at yep, all. We're here to yep. talk about pop culture. We're here to talk about pop culture. Yeah, specifically, this is what the show's about, um, right? <laughs> theoretically. Um, in, in, in practice, it's kind of different. It's kind of messy. But we're watching yeah. uh, San Rio Boys for our shared experience this week. And with that in mind, we wanted to talk about the media that uh, we enjoyed at one point or another in our lives. or And we felt not necessarily guilty about liking, but sort of embarrassed or or kind of personal with these sort of things. Like, oh, I don't want to tell someone I like this because it, it'll make them view me differently. Yes. Or I'll, you know, get made fun of for whatever reason. Specifically because a lot of San Rio Boys is about, like, self-acceptance and... Uh, being okay with liking the stuff that you like. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And accepting that, like, yeah, the stuff you like may be coded for somebody else, but that doesn't make you weird for liking it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's fine to just like things, which I think hot, is... Hot take. Yeah. yeah, hot take. Hot take, the almost, like, overarching theme of our entire pod is it's okay to just like things. Um, also, be nice to each other. Uh, nah. So... I wanted to start by asking both of you, like, what, when I, when we, like, brought up this prompt, what were, like, the first things that you thought of uh, that you were, like, oh, I, I love this thing, but I used to, like, never talk about it because I felt super bad or whatever. I mean, like, gender stuff, mostly, because, I mean, that's an obvious parallel to the show because all the boys are in the femme stuff, but, like, it took me a while to be, like, oh, uh, it, I can play Animal Crossing. That's a cool, that's a, just a thing I can do. You know, it's stuff like that. I remember, like, I remember, like, not giving a shit about Animal Crossing, being like, this looks dumb. <laughs> this, for, this is only for girls and stuff like that. And now I'm just like, eh, Animal Crossing's alright. Uh, then, like, mo- I guess the 3DS in general, <laughs> which is, sounds ridiculous. Really? But, like, Animal Crossing and, like, Pokemon and stuff like that oh, I, I didn't really give a fair chance because it was like oh it's you know girls are into this so it must not be for me i'm a i'm a i'm a playstation gamer myself uh mg I'm, <laughs> hit, hit me up my the username is mgs guy um but yeah 
being a growing up as a gamer a lot of it was like games that were coded or at least i thought were coded you know for girls and women so stuff like that i guess uh and then katie what about you because i know you know we obviously come at this from different perspectives so yeah um i actually have like kind of the same thing just because for my entire life like growing up at least i had a lot of like internalized misogyny and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. i would always be like i wish i was a boy and i don't like the color pink blah blah i hate pink i'm never gonna wear pink in my life really really having it out for pink today i did and now i have a pink keyboard and mouse because i'm like you know what pink is cute (laughs) god damn it no one heard it it's fine it didn't happen (laughs) pink is cute pink's the best color sorry yeah no and i've come to appreciate more like feminine clothing and stuff like that instead of wearing stuff that's relatively androgynous or um you know like camo print not that i ever wore that but um in addition to that like this is also kind of a weird thing but like my music taste, specifically like EDM and electronic music, I was super self-conscious about because, what do you know, I used to be bullied for it whenever I was in gymnastics. Mm -hmm. They would be like, ha ha ha, Kaylin likes the techno. And I was like, I mean, yeah, I do. Kaylin likes the bleeps. Kaylin likes the bleeps and the bloops over here. Look at him. And the wub wubs. (laughs) I know, so I've always been super self-conscious about that, but not not anymore. Not not nearly as much. Music is a huge thing, actually. I was gonna bring up music too. Yeah, because like for me, I was like in high school, and I was like only listening to cool music over here. You know, <laughs> Daft Punk and Arcade Fire. That's me. <laughs> cool music. Um, TM. And then, but then they would be like, pop is for losers. I, what pop songs? I don't want to listen to that. Blech. Oh, I used to be like that too. <laughs> like, oh, whatever. Into the Stone Age and Arctic Monkeys for life. Yeah. yeah. I don't listen Real to the rock radio. Real rock and roll. <laughs> I don't listen to the radio. That's, if it comes on, I just close my ears until it goes away. <laughs> I close my <laughs> I've removed my I radio from my car. I broke the antenna. <laughs> I ate the antenna. Now I am the radio. I paid $40 for the shirt on Redbubble. Oh, no. <laughs> it's real bad. I Yeah, music in particular is where I wanted to tackle this. Because, like, uh, a lot of my family friends... Because I didn't have a lot of, like, school friends until high school, pretty much. So a lot of my family friends helped me get into rap. But I always feel bad about liking rap because I my i'm i have white skin and i was always like oh i'm not supposed to like this like this isn't bad that i know all the lyrics to ludicrous is pimping all over the world Ugh, i still <laughs> do oh god uh and i just you know eventually it turned around and i was like wait am i cool for liking this because uh when you're younger when you're in middle school and you're the, the white kid who likes rap you're that's like kind of kind of edgy it's like a little bit cool uh and then it just flips right back around and then it's shitty again um so there's stuff like that, and then yeah, definitely, definitely, uh, all of the gendered stuff. Like I did play with my sister's Barbies a lot, 
that does explain a lot growing up why I didn't really get into a lot of like masculine television shows. Uh, I have watched a lot of cartoons. Hey, when Steven Universe started, I was like, this is too, this is a kid's show. This is like, or like, oh, this is a girly kid's show. I shouldn't watch this. Like, realizing that the stuff you think isn't made for you, you're still allowed to enjoy it just because it's not explicitly made for your, like, market. Um, and in fact, you should, you should seek that stuff out because if we only, you know, enjoy the stuff that, a marketing team thinks is good for our demographic then we are just like becoming statistics like we're just you yeah. know yeah checking off boxes for what we're supposed to like and that's why toys r us has separate aisles for you no, know that's why that's why toys r us is fucking dead yeah, yeah that's why we rest killed in them. peace toys r us boot to the face of toys r us no i'm just kidding i liked toys r us they were kind of cool yeah. i bought sonic advance 3 from a toys r us i bought i bought kingdom hearts chain of memories like Toys R Us. Hell yeah. Yeah, GBA games from Toys R Us. That's a thing yeah. for sure. Yeah. I I played this Mario Tennis game on the Game Boy that I got from Toys R Us. Oh, the Mario Tennis Game Boy game is so lit. I know. I I lost it though, and that is one of my So what is it? Biggest regrets. Is it is it like <laughs> is it like the N64 one? No, you like no. play these uh like anime kids. Yeah. And it's like a partner thing, and you have all these like super an cool anime esque oh, moves, and huh. it's really cool. And actually, Mario doesn't even show up until like yeah. the very end when you're Fucking doing slacking. the big championship. I wrote, sorry to plug my own shit from like four years ago. I wrote an article about Mario Tennis on the Game Boy Advance because really, yeah, because it's a, it's a game about a kid who's like. I'm going to be good someday like Mario. Like, in that world, Mario and his friends are, like, literally legends. Like, yeah. by the time you see them, it's like we're we're no longer in the, like, schoolyard learning tennis. We are, like, amongst the gods playing tennis. <laughs> and that's when you get to, like, hang out with Mario and Luigi playing tennis. It's really interesting that they, like, structure the narrative around the pop culture icons being, like, almost semi-deities. So, like, Kingdom Hearts. Uh, it's exactly... <laughs> That's strike two, Ryan. One more strike, and then we have to sing all of Simple and Clean again. Mario Tennis Power Tour. That's yes, what that's called. the one. Yeah, uh, it was a very good game. There was a yeah, so it was it was definitely like the the gendered stuff and and being like I can't play as uh, Rouge the Bat in Sonic Adventure Two. I have to play as Knuckles because she's got boobies and that's unacceptable. Mm. <laughs> Except her music fucking slaps. She's got like the cool jazz soundtrack. It's just like. You're just like denying yourself so much media that is so good yeah. by telling yourself like this wasn't made for me. Uh, or I'm not allowed. To, if I like this, I'm not allowed to be passionate about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I definitely remember conversations early in high school where my friends would be like, what's the thing you like? Like that's your guilty pleasure. And someone would be like, oh, I like, uh, you know, uh, I, I sometimes still watch Blue's Clues on Sunday mornings because it's kind of fun and nice, and everyone would laugh at them. And you're like, like it's still nice. Like, yeah. don't yeah. make it not nice to just enjoy it. Like, yeah, uh, people are boy, high school boys are shitty. Anyways, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think where what else I can think of in well, particular that. Well, going back to music real quick, like, so, yeah, yeah, like I like we mentioned, Burnout Paradise Remastered is out. Uh, and yep. I, and I made like a eight like an almost eight hour playlist because I just kept adding songs to play while I like play Burnout, and it's really nice because like if I were to do a playlist usually it'd be like all right I gotta make sure all these songs are like really good and like there's like a structure and you know but not but like not at the conceit is like 
putting together music to play during like a racing game the stakes are a lot lower so that can be like i'm I'm gonna add songs that i think are really good but also some trash as well that is like fun to listen to like i don't think incubus is a good band necessarily but no. you asked mm-hmm. me to put Anamoli in the in the song list and i'm like all right yeah i could see that being uh, like a burnout song yeah that's what they think that, that was they think they're clever but they're not but it's whatever It's it's exactly that game's like type of song though, where it's just like this yes. kind of rocks, but it's really embarrassing. There, there's like, there's a, a there, there's a there's a chorus that will get in your head, and there's like chords, and that's kind of it. Like that is like, if we're talking like rock and metal stuff, it's either like it's stuff that like has a drive to it, but also is super simple, so it just gets in your head while you're driving. That's kind of the formula. Yeah. Yeah, and it gets you like kind of pumped up and and puts you in a very specific mood. I love that. I yeah. love like being able to make playlists around moods. I think that's like one of my fa- that's one of my favorite things about just like the streaming media nature that we have now uh, or world that we live in now is you can just pull infinite songs from your head and make them into a playlist that's centered around something. Yeah. Um, like I remember I made uh, when I was still playing the first Destiny, uh, I made because that game has so little like narrative aesthetic or whatever of its own i like created one out of a playlist i was like this is what people in the destiny world would listen to yeah Uh, and i would like play it while playing destiny so like i like made that game better than it was Mm -hmm. um (laughs) but that came from you know listening to a lot of that like techno and like quiet melodic uh electronic music that i thought was very appropriate for it Mm um i don't there's just i want to differentiate this thing that we're talking about also from the idea of a problematic phase right because there's a big difference between like i enjoy this and i feel bad about it and versus like i enjoy this despite its faults Mm -hmm. because a lot of stuff we're we're talking about is not bad there's nothing like inherently bad about it um like kids cartoons or like feminine stuff uh or you know anything like that it's just that society has taught us hey you, you know this isn't for you and you're right. stepping into a like realm of the of the culture that you're that you don't belong to, and it's like gatekeeping idea also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I mean, unfortunately, like, yeah, we definitely live in a world, and we've gotten older, and we're all definitely more okay with like liking that stuff. But people will still tell you like you are not knowledgeable enough to talk about this uh, because you haven't experienced it enough, or like you didn't grow up with Super Smash Brothers, so like you can't really. You don't really know what it was like to enjoy melee. Like you can't get into something new without having a bunch of people challenge you on it. Right. Yeah. Anymore, uh, which is really exhausting, considering like how much what the world needs now is just like more acceptance and like people learning to be chill with each other about the things that they like. Mm-hmm. You can just like you're just allowed to like things. <laughs> yes. Um, and then finally, yeah, I I love Kirby. I'm, I'm literally playing with my Kirby plush right now, that I, the, the one with a bow and arrow that I got from Times Square. Uh, there's just, like, characters that we identify with that you're like, oh, I didn't realize when I was a kid that the reason I loved Kirby was that he was, like, the only non-masculine Nintendo character uh, or not, like, masculine-coded Nintendo character that I got to play as. And I was like, oh, he's, so he's just cute. Mm-hmm. And, like, being able to accept that, yeah, there's there was a reason I liked this thing beyond just, like, it was fun. Like, there was something I saw in myself that I didn't realize at the time because I was putting up all these barriers of like i'm not allowed to like kirby kirby's for girls right 
Yeah. Except that Kirby anime kicked ass. Wasn't that... Have either of you watched the Kirby anime? No. No. Kirby right back at you? Oh, my God. The name sounds very familiar. Good. It was on the Fox block, if you ever watched, like, Saturday morning Fox cartoons. Mm-hmm. Along with, like, the bad One Piece dub and Fighting Food Ons, which was an anime about co- about uh, chefs making talking food that fought each other. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was pretty sick. It was, I was... I was Again, anime, another perfect example of a thing that I felt bad about liking for a while. Because uh, I was like, oh, I, I watched Dragon, like Dragon Ball Z. Like, I'm not allowed to talk about this weird thing I watch at 8 o'clock on a Friday on <laughs> Toonami. That's not allowed. <laughs> it's just all, yeah, it's all stuff we're allowed to like. Um, any final thoughts on this whole concept, y'all? No. It's okay to like things. Yeah, I don't know. Yuri on Ice is good despite its problems. That's kind of a problematic fave. That's that's a different, it's a different idea, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But alas, uh, Ryan, did you have anything? No, you just got me thinking about cartoons I watched as a kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> hell yeah! Well, what 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 was your brand of cartoons? I was like Nickelodeon and Fox were like my big ones, and Cartoon Network. Uh, it's stuff like uh, Teen Titans. Hell yeah! Um, what else did I watch? I watched, I liked Teen to, Titans. I liked Fairly, oh. I liked Fairly Odd Parents a lot for some reason. Hell yeah! Oh, I did too. Uh, what else? What else was there? Fuck. I mean, ironically, it was a lot of like wish fulfillment. It was the reason yeah. Fairly Odd Parents was good. You're like, oh my god, I want to do cool shit. But then something bad would happen, and then you're just like, man, this broke my heart. This is too. Oh, man. This was a deep episode. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of the anime, a lot of the Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh yeah, you were like the biggest Yu-Gi-Oh fan ever. Uh, yeah, yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. kid. Uh, this isn't a show, but like I'm playing with Beyblades was a fucking thing. Hell yeah! I remember <laughs> Beyblade injuries because we would and- we would just go crazy with the Beyblades and yeah, it was a lot. I remember people's bathtubs got like torn up because <laughs> there's a good Beyblade <laughs> arena right there. Because the kids would just make the Beyblades go wild in the bathtub, and then it would just, like, destroy the... Just tape a laundry pad to a Beyblade. <laughs> the Beyblades was also definitely a thing that my friends and I, like, felt bad about liking. We, like, would play in the corner of the recess yard because you didn't want people to see, like, laugh at you. Mm-hmm. And then the one friend got the remote control one, and then it was, like, all over because that's just unfair. Wait, what? You had there was a there was a Beyblade where you used like a handheld controller to kind of push and pull it towards you. Wow, <laughs> it was pretty sick. It's definitely like extremely overpriced. That's dedication, though. Yeah, pay to win. It's <laughs> <laughs> just the microtransactions of childhood. You're right. <laughs> it's pretty pay to win. Oh God, Yu-Gi-Oh is also pay to win, pretty much. Oh, pretty much. The more cards you have, yeah. you're good. I had a huge. Your deck is has. I had a huge deck. <laughs> what about the rest of your house? But um, wow! Oh my god! Wow! Wow! We went there. We we did and like we did go- make our deck bigger when we moved. So like, the deck used to be small, and then we got like a sun, like a sunroof. Is it a sunroof? You got a huge deck. We got a bigger deck, and with like a sunroof. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm see, twelve years old. We <laughs> yeah, not allowed to have a pocket. With our deck. Yeah? We have it. Yeah? Yep. Do you have a, can we do a separate podcast just about decks? 
Deck what? Deck decks? building. Deck decks. God, throw it in the dumpster. All right, cool. We're going to be right back. <laughs> uh, we hope this was fun. Uh, in a moment, we'll be back to discuss the anime Sanrio Boys. Deck watch. I don't like the way they, they... I don't like when he didn't meet Delilah at the end of Deck Watch. I thought that was pretty fucked up. And we're back. For this month's shared experience, we watched the 2018 anime by Studio Piero called Sanrio Boys. Uh, it's a show that is about um, five boys who are Japanese high school students that are really, really big fans of the Sanrio line of products, which most Americans know as like Hello Kitty and her friends. Uh, but as we learn here, includes a whole bunch of cute characters. And it kind of concerns them learning to accept that they love, you know, feminine kids' toys uh, and learning to love each other and make friends and make a beautiful, make art together, you know, as the season progresses. Um, it's really wholesome and sweet, and Katie picked this for us. So I wanted to start by asking you, Katie, what uh, in particular inspired you to choose Sandra Boys for this month? Um, okay, well... I, number one, I actually really like Sanrio and San X and that sort of thing, as well as I had seen some stuff uh, about Sanrio Boys on Tumblr, and it's also based off of an Otome game, kind of, and that's something that I like. Um, I don't know, I thought it would be cute, because, I mean, at first I was like, oh, this is just, this is capitalism, you know? Hmm. Um, but then I saw, like, screen caps and stuff like that, and I was like, you know, I kind of really like these themes that I'm seeing of, of self-acceptance and that sort of thing, and being okay with feminine stuff as a boy. So I was like, you know, that might be interesting to do for the podcast, so, yeah, that's why I suggested it. I did not know until just now that this was in part based on an Otome game, and that explains so much about yeah. the which the characters. Like, and also uh, the the like, sorry, the little cuts, you know, it, it, when the like half 
of the episode is over and they do the little the like, eye catches. Yes. Uh yeah, it's it, that makes a ton of sense. Oh, to me, or like boy dating games, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. Um. Well, it's like it's like, uh, it just means like otome basically just means like girl oriented, like made for a female audience. Mm. Oh, okay. Thinking emoji. Thinking emoji <laughs> six times in a row. Yeah, I'm looking at screenshots of this game. It's very cute, and it's the same characters. Yeah, it's all the boys. These are all the boys. Because yep. they're. You know, there's a bunch of different ways to tackle this, but, like, the different boys representing, like, different aspects of masculinity uh, and how that is challenged are are really interesting, but they are also clearly framed as, like, pick your favorite. You know? Yes. Like, you're... It's so, like... The, each of them gets a whole episode. We watched the first seven episodes of the show for this podcast. Um, I ended up watching eight and nine. I'm probably just going to watch the rest of the season because I really like this show. Um, but... I definitely myself gravitated towards you initially um, because he's very uh, exciting and energetic and uh, has a lot of passion and he seems the least embarrassed by the stuff he likes. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, his episode made me the most sad. Yep. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like when this show decides it's time to tug on your heartstrings, it just rips. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it, it knows how to pull back and not like be too gut-wrenching. Like It knows when to not get dark. Which I think is really good. Like it has a lot of good restraint in that respect. But um, Ryan, what did you what did you think of the show as a whole? I guess I thought it was cute. Um, I was skeptical at first, just because I'm always skeptical of anime as as someone who doesn't regularly watch anime. But that's yeah. fair. Yeah, it won me. <laughs> is it fair? I mean, yeah, because anime tropes can be yeah. absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, and there is some tropes here that are annoying, but once it, once I got an idea of what the show was about, I liked it a lot, uh, and I thought it was really warm and cute, and I, it's something that I'd actually recommend people, because, it, I don't know, it just made me feel nice things. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it, it's a good slice of life. Like, even if you don't care about Sanrio or... Um like picking your favorite boy or any of that stuff like it's just a it's a good slice of life that has like a good structure early on because it's just like here's this boy we're introduced to the main guy uh to kota initially and you're like all right i like this guy i understand his arc is like the whole arc of the show where he's like i'm not allowed to tell people that the toy my grandmother got me uh has gotten me through a lot of tough times Mm -hmm. but it has and i love it and that's how i feel and then you know we meet you and we meet uh, Rio and I mean everybody else and uh, you know everybody gets their like time to reveal why they like the thing so much mm-hmm. time to shine and sparkle it is my dream I think that's right what is that where episode 7 ends where uh, Koda's yeah. like my dream is to sparkle and you're like yes hell yes and he doesn't reveal what that is for like another episode and a half <laughs> yep <laughs> Because, I mean, the, the show starts with a... Uh, it does the thing, actually, a ton of anime does, where it starts in, the like, a hypothetical future, uh, and they're all performing a play, and it's, like, really dramatic and serious, and there's, like, but swords. But you don't know and... it's a play yet? Yeah, it just seems like a really serious... Like, you're like, oh, I guess this is... They say, like, Sanrio Academy, where, like, people, like, develop training as warriors, and you're like, what? Yeah. And they have, like, they're, like, battling outside of, like, a rainy castle, and then it pulls out, and they're like, nope, they are... They're just performing for people. It's how we're having fun. 
and then we kind of like learn how they meet and what each of them brings to the table and then uh it's a shame that it's a short season because like i felt like i wanted what the the second half of the season is to be the whole show which is like we are working together to make something out of our passion uh because they basically are like well we like this thing together and we're all friends now what and the now what is like let's make a play for the or not make a play like make a performance for the school's festival coming up mm-hmm. um did y'all have like particular favorites or favorite episodes or characters hmm. this is the real challenge this is the like otome game part of this i actually don't have a favorite mm. um i i kind of like them all equally <laughs> um but as far as episodes Hmm. I don't know. I, I I enjoy the show, I guess, as a whole. I don't know. I liked uh, the second episode where Kota is like come more comes to terms with uh, himself and his history with his grandmother. Who that backstory is probably the darkest one in the whole show. Yes. Where like yeah, where he yells at her and stuff. Because like he the his backstory is like he gets bullied by kids at a playground for having his uh, I'm gonna try pom pomperin pomperin yeah. yeah, um, and then he like yells at his grandmother and like doesn't talk to her, and then like the day before he dies, he's just like I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to her because this is a tragic anime backstory surprise the grandmother dies before he can like reconnect with her so he's had this burden hanging over him ever since and that's pretty dark but yeah so you like the moment he's like confronting that and like making peace with that i thought was a strong moment like there's that moment there's that scene in the rain with him and you yeah and he just like and he like just shouts out that he likes uh you know Sanrio and like loved loved his grandmother and stuff like that. I thought that was really affecting. Um, me too. And then I episode, really it yeah. really resonated with me, mostly because like of the message that, you know, he it was a mistake that he couldn't fix. He couldn't go back in time and like talk to his grandma or anything like that. You know. Yeah. I don't know. It's it is it is a little like oh my heart. Yeah. Um, my poor queer heart can't take this boy like grabbing this other boy by the shoulders in the rain and i think i took a picture of this for twitter or something where it's just like you're allowed to love things <laughs> you're like yeah oh. <laughs> yeah um and then i i thought the episode with you and his sister was intense um yeah, yeah that whole it, thing it just bl- that one blows up so fast mm-hmm. yeah he says um there's absolutely nothing to be ashamed of in loving something and you're like oh my boy um yeah you you that was definitely my favorite episode just because it made me want to cry really badly uh you despite like the thing with 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 you and part of the reason i like him so much is that him and uh shinsuke early on are like not the cool guys who like fem stuff they're just the they're the popular dudes Mm -hmm. and then it's revealed that they also like standard stuff like you keeps a uh break a charm like in on his belt and shinsuke like has a hello kitty uh plush or whatever Mm -hmm. um and so initially, it's like Coda being sad that he's not popular and that girls don't like him. And you're like, oh, please don't be this kind of show. Like, come on. <laughs> yes. 
I was so worried that it, like you, Ryan, were like, if this show ends up being about like the the like them liking femme stuff means that the girls like them, then that's terrible. That's like the worst way they could take this. Yes, because yeah. because early, early on it was just like, oh, these boys are so popular and they're popular with the girls, and it's like, man, don't do this anime. Yeah, and, like you has all these scenes where he's like walking through the hallway and like five different girls are like, you, when are you gonna hang out with me? And he's like, yeah, I have five girlfriends. <laughs> like, yeah, you, when did yeah. when did you become queer? Twitter. <laughs> buzzing um that joke is a proxy for approximately i'd say what five six people <laughs> um uh but yeah it's, so you're it's, like it's oh, for please. it's for the discourse channel of the abnormal mapping discord yep it's for all of you out there god bless you all uh and then you're like oh please like don't let him be this kind of way and then they become friends with him and you is the one who is like hey you're it's super good that you like these things don't let people especially in high school like don't let yourself be defined by like the things you're embarrassed by like let yourself just love things with all your heart mm-hmm. uh and just accept it and that's why all these people like him and why he's so popular is because he's just not ashamed of anything right like he's he wears genuine. his hair he wears his hair very long like a girl and he wears like pink and he has a bow in his hair he's not afraid to be found it doesn't mean he is you know like the show makes a weirdly deliberate choice to not make any of the boys like very queer i guess Mm -hmm. um like you is definitely like queer coded but like they never like talk about them liking each other in a lovely way except for episode eight the beach episode but that's so weird that's intentionally a fan service thing Mm. Um, it's the the beach episode yeah pretty much there's also we don't need to talk about it yeah there's also some like offhand like dick jokes and stuff yeah 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 Yeah. they don't but they definitely don't handle that the way that i would have wanted them to which is just like all right some of us like boys it's fine right um but yeah the the beach episode where they're all like one of like the print the print the the president has nice abs let's all check out his abs like because he's strong and i want abs like him and you're like you can just like each other it's fine yeah Yeah. alas no the president and like rio definitely have a thing and that's probably never gonna happen because it's this show but like they're yeah the internet can handle like Tumblr yeah. is doing that where they're shipping those boys. I definitely, definitely feel like the subtext is there between the so two of them because there's a there's, there's a shot where like... there's a shot where Rio is like laying on his shoulder like after they go to the store like yes not subtle they're... yeah he's like sleeping on yeah. him and like he always shows up to watch him for archery practice <laughs> and in the in the opening there are like there. are seen there's like a shot with them together and there's a rainbow so mm. <laughs> you're right Making thinking emoji emoji. Again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um they, just they, pals. Just they text online yep and, yeah everyone and, really uses and the, line and the president the president doesn't know how to use line <laughs> he yep text he has like typos and he's just super awkward yeah so good and they uh Rio also tends to treat the president like differently than he treats the rest of the the group. Like he obviously has more, he's more love for him. He's and he's more like comfortable around him. Yes. So I definitely think like that that's a thing, at least a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I was going to use that as a very good springboard to talk about Rio's episode. Um, can we talk? About, hold on. Can we talk about you and like her sister before we get into that? 
Cause like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Because we, yeah, yeah. we, we talked earlier about, like, you as, like, self-confidence. And I thought having the episode center around his sister and how he thinks or how she thinks he's gross is, like, that was a lot. <laughs> um, and I thought it was handled pretty well, except it doesn't really resolve itself because she keeps calling him gross. Um, I don't know. What, what did you all think of that one? It's it definitely progresses really fast. Yeah. And you're like, oh, suddenly I don't know why they don't like each other. Oh, actually, now they're fine with it. Like, it's a, I don't know, as somebody who has a complicated relationship with my sibling, I get the, like, this seems like the biggest deal where, like, this is our relationship in a, in a nutshell. And then the next day you forget about it because, you know, with family, you can't just, like, hold grudges for that long. It's kind of impossible. Mm-hmm. But her whole idea is, like, you know, our parents are never around because they work too much. And you keep making me food and trying to be my parent, despite me never asking you to do that. Mm-hmm. And like, it feels weird. Like it feels like you are trying, either trying to get something out of me or just trying to like, I don't know. She's just basically says like, it's weird how much you care. Like you're, you're putting in way too much effort for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I yeah. can be my own, which is like a, like middle school, high school kid kind of mindset is like, I don't need people to dote on me. Like I can live myself without your help. Mm-hmm. And then he's basically like, I do it. I cause I really care about you. Like I do love you a lot and I really want you to be happy. Uh, despite the fact that our family situation is complicated. And she's like, well, that's fair, but also you're weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you're right. It doesn't really, it doesn't like uh, resolve itself well. But just like seeing them like yell at each other, like in front of everyone else at dinner, where yeah. it's like, oh, I'm going to cook for you. And then she's like, don't fucking cook for me ever again. And he's like, I work hard for you because I love you. Like, why are you embarrassing me? Yeah. And you realize that all of his confidence and all of it, this is why it got to me, it was all of his like outward confidence and like bravado and excitement around other people is because he like has this family life where he can't like he gets criticized for trying to be nice Mm -hmm. right you know what i mean like he just wants to he just wants to help somebody out yeah and then uh yeah we have like and then like shinsuke's episode is about being a soccer bro and not realizing that you need people on a team to make soccer work yes and so he gets and just in life in general that he needs to like work with other people and let other people in except help yeah 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 and so he gets kicked off the soccer team and doesn't know why and they have like a talk about you know being open to others like you said and that's sort of that arc um yeah i think um shinsuke's was my least favorite just because i like it kind of like flew over my head i was like i get it Mm -hmm. um but it never, like, hit me as hard as all the other ones. Definitely, like, I felt something really strong watching all of them. Yeah. Shinsuke's, I was like, yeah, you got to learn to... Like, I, I also had trouble, like, accepting that you have to, like, know when to ask for help and know how to work with a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and they use him, like, again, being on the soccer team to do that really well, to handle that really well. Um, but it... I don't know. It didn't... Like, I maybe just because it wasn't so much about family and all the other ones have, like, some aspect of family in them. And that's why I... I uh the other ones like I liked a lot more. Uh see for me I, like I the takeaway that I got was that um like it's not helpful because if you're afraid of of being hurt, if you're afraid of being abandoned, it's not helpful to like distance yourself from everybody to protect yourself. Like to say I'm not going to be close to other people because they're gonna ultimately hurt me which is something that i really really struggle with is i tend to Mm -hmm. like like hold my friends at like 
arm's length in a way and I'm like really bad at talking to people and if I ever feel like a relationship is going like like a friendship is going south then I just like just leave yes I cut it out immediately because I'm like all right you know what I'm gonna be the one who's who's ending things so that I don't get rejected so I definitely understand that sort of thing <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's uh that's it but the thing is like that's a very broad uh character yes to have on the show so like that's what i mean is like it didn't feel very specific it's like oh he has like a lot of generalized like worries about relationships to other people i guess and he's no, also, again i don't want to say that it was bad i just it was not my favorite he's also like the tough guy who is in the hello kitty so yes yeah which is the very first time I, that he brings that out and you're like oh my god yes i knew he Cal brings it out this. so nonchalantly too it's so yeah. good and then and fu- um in, in later on he starts using i don't know if he does it in the earlier episodes but definitely in the later episodes he uses this adjective kittyful he's yeah, like yeah he's used it before yeah. yeah yeah he's like this is gonna be really kittyful we're gonna make this super kittyful and everybody's like what does that mean and he's <laughs> like yeah, you know you know kittyful. kittyful yeah obviously uh i fun language thing i've been trying to i'm like starting to learn japanese right now and yeah. uh he he chooses to say um san kitty kitty san instead of kitty chan <laughs> like for example uh you calls my melody melochan yeah and and then he calls hello kitty kitty san i think it's cute because of the the respect that is there for hello kitty that he he has for her <laughs> Right, basically, instead of the like childish or younger, like I, res- I think you're you're cute and and like smaller than me. It's like the elder, like <laughs> I yes. respect you, Hello Kitty, which is really good. That's really good. Um, we have to have to have to talk about Rio. Yeah. Uh, yes. He's a whole deal. This was the most divisive episode for me, um, because it felt like it wasn't getting to where I wanted it to until the very end. Um, because Rio is basically worried. Like the problem is, I look like a girl. And it's like, welcome to anime, where everybody's androgynous. Uh, <laughs> but he's, like, got all of the people in his family are, like, oh, everyone at home are all women. Like, I don't <laughs> know if they ever explained why his dad wasn't around. They they do in, like, later episodes. His dad, they're, so they're English. Um, and his yeah. dad uh, works in London. And, like, I think... I don't know if his dad oh. is Japanese, but basically the like rest of his family is is living in Japan because the work situation with his father, he wasn't making enough money for them all to live there. But now like later on his dad is like, "Oh, we finally have like enough to live together as a family back in England." So and right. that's that's another like plot point, but um basically his dad is just working overseas so he just has this home he goes to that's just like five women just like being like oh you're so cute i want to put a dress on you and he's like but mm. <laughs> he's so mad yes the depiction of that is ridiculous because you don't know why there are so many women in this house and they're yeah. just so many. and they're just and they call all him, like, ye- sweetie and darling and they're just all yeah. yelling at him and yeah. then he gets and then the most relatable Rio thing is that he spends like a whole day having like an he has like an anxiety day because of all this and just stays home all day. Like yeah. he's fi- like he's physically fine but he's just like I'm taking a mental health day and you're like damn Rio. Like Yeah. I love I love that. Uh that like realistic touch. Uh and he has like you said this relationship with uh with the principal with the sorry the president I keep calling him the principal. Um 
and he's the only person that he kind of sees as like this uh, sort of role model and you know the guy basically tells him oh you need to be cool to the Sanrio boys because they're my friends and they're nice and they're not as bad as you think they're not bad like you think they are even though you saw that they like Sanrio stuff and you felt you know you felt like that was bad for them for like to like that then he finds out that the president also likes Sanrio and he's like oh you lied to me so that you could get me to like your creepy friends yeah and it's like it takes a lot of effort like it takes a lot of young boys to understand that like this kind of stuff shouldn't be a problem it's okay like we just said it's, it takes a while to learn that you're allowed to like feminine things uh and then at the end of the episode they all get together and they're like it's fine you can we all like the same stuff don't you like these things like you little twin stars is like your whole jam right and he's like well yeah i guess but the way that they like push him towards that conclusion is a little bit iffy i feel it's, like yeah it's pretty iffy especially since like I don't know, there's, aside from liking Sanrio, he's also just, they're for, like, his, like, caretakers are, like, forcing him to be feminine in this really weird way. I don't know. It's really weird. I don't know how to read yeah. it. Because there's obviously nothing wrong with a character liking Sanrio, but it's the, like, forced uh, feminization aspect that's like, what do you do? You don't need to make it like this show. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Why is it like this? Yeah. I guess it's kind of like he... Okay, so I see it... I mean, like, this is just my my take. Okay, I see this, like... K- Katie's take coming up. Yeah, Here comes exactly. a hot take, spicy hot take. take. <laughs> Warning, right. hot. All right. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Katie's hot takes. <laughs> um... I see it as, like, he lives in this in this family full of women, and because they're used to having, like, all these girls, and he's the youngest, but they see him as cute and, and feminine just naturally because that's all there is in his family. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think he, despite liking that sort of thing, he feels, like, forced into that role, and he wants to be like seen as a boy and he wants to have masculine aspects at least out like outwardly and mm. i think he has difficulty um accepting the fact like in addition you know like coda obviously has has issues accepting the fact that he likes some things that are feminine but i think that rio does especially because he feels like his family uh, is forcing him to like those sorts of things mm-hmm. um and I think he has, like, a rebellious aspect that he he does like these things, but he doesn't want to admit he does because he, his family wants him to like these things and, and kind of forces it on him. And I think his family is not necessarily supposed to be viewed positively. Um, I think that mm-hmm. his friends, uh, like, by contrast, are a much more healthy uh, aspect of like how to go through supporting somebody whenever they like something that's unorthodox I guess and so because of his internal struggle he's he's very outwardly uh angry (laughs) he is small and angry relatable yeah I get that but it's also just 
when you use language like "oh, I want to put you in a dress," you are yeah, you no, are no, you, you, you are like, take <laughs> you are taking on stuff that maybe you shouldn't be taking on. This show is not equipped to do that. Yeah. Yes. Um, there, like, there is cool stuff that the show does with these ideas of like, um, femininity being okay and like girls being okay, but also like it being okay to be feminine. Like, I just the small touch that I really liked was that, especially in this episode, uh, we get this like, impression that all the girls of the high school are like very comfortable with being, like, attracted to men and like being open about it. Like, they're not. Uh, they're open about like they're just very okay talking about like oh we follow the president about around because he's super hot and we like go to his practices because he's a, he's a cute boy and like i want to date like they you know rio walks by and they're like who's that adorable boy like i just want to like go out with him yeah uh, but then that gets more into the like i like him because he looks like a girl That's, i guess yeah. but also it also felt like all the women in the show are just not their background uh, they yes. are. They're they're like uh, characters like hooting and hollering from the background. That's true. Pretty much. Or yeah. They're there to be like to, to demonstrate how like how many girlfriends you has and stuff like that. <laughs> um, and I guess briefly, uh, other character oh. related to to yeah. real the most. Um, uh, the president Minamoto. Uh, he's got. He's basically again reference. He's Ida from My Hero Academia. Yeah, like he's got a brother that he's trying to live up to, and he's got a ton of expectations from his family. Um, the scene where we're at his house at breakfast, and he overslept from his alarm by like five ten minutes because he was helping out Rio the day before. Uh, like these episodes basically segue into each other. Like each, it's like separate days, and so yeah. like the day before he's helping out Rio, and then I go to him, and he's like overslept a couple minutes, and his whole family's like. Why did you stay up past your alarm? You've I've literally never heard your alarm before. Like, is everything okay with you? Like, are your grades gonna start slipping? Yeah. Because as president, he has all of these expectations to like be that guy. Um, I think a lot of the show ends up being about like trying to live up to the character that you portray yourself as in front of people, uh, and the struggles that come from doing that, and how like taxing that can be for some. Yeah. Because uh, because ev- everybody has that like oh I'm I'm this way outside but on the inside like at home like things are much more difficult and his brother is like in college and clearly like happy with his life and doing fine but chooses not to talk to his parents about things anymore because they're kind of nosy whereas this guy this president is just like well I'm in high school I live under their roof like I can't really yeah uh, I can't really get out of under their thumb um, or like these like you can tell like he also doesn't talk about his Sanrio fandom as well with them because you know it would it would take him away from being a good uh president mm-hmm. but he's nice i like him at, in the group dynamic more than anything else like uh as a smart intelligent like we need to be good at this and do really good work guys like let's let's get this together and everyone else just wants to have fun like i like that yeah. character in uh in anime a lot or just in like television honestly I also yep. think his his reason for liking a cinema role is really adorable. He's basically just like, yeah, cinema role is really soft and fluffy and warm, and it makes me happy and relaxed. <laughs> and I'm like, that's that's really cute. <laughs> it's super cute, yeah. Like he was like, I went to, and they 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 we're gonna talk about this next, but like they keep hyping up um, Sanrio Land, Sanrio Pure Land. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, the first time I went there, I got to touch Cinema Roll, and I saw him in the, in the background. And I was like, wow, cool character. Like, he doesn't – it's nothing in particular about that character. It's just, like, the the fact that it exists and it's cute and soft that he's just like, I love that. And I've always wanted to, like, 
I've always wanted to love this character. It's so he's so my thing. Mm-hmm. The, like watching him develop that fandom as a kid and and like grow up with it is is really nice. No student president acts like this, though. He's like he's like like taking all all this work. He's like in the he's doing archery. He's like he's like listening to all the students' concerns. That never happened. He like personally tries to get invested and solve their problems and and stuff. Yeah, it's, I think in Japan, student presidents are more like social. They have like more social expectations. Yeah, they're, they're um, they're put on. They're definitely put on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, compared to like in America where comparatively like american student presidents don't seem to really do much we're gonna go to king's dominion for a field trip (laughs) says every student president ever pretty much yeah yeah my student president became valedictorian and then she like got really drunk in college and like made a lot of bad decisions see i don't even know who my student president was so there's that yeah um final sort of big thing that we, i wanted to talk about i was i was thinking this was gonna be like the whole pivot of the conversation but it's not as big of a deal as i thought this show as a marketing tool mm-hmm. uh for sanrio products um, yeah there is no doubt that the show was made in part to make people want to like get into sanrio that's objectively true can we agree on that yeah definitely yeah so it's like a it's a it's a series that is a giant toy commercial yeah but at the same time it doesn't feel to me like the types of like you know like when i watched power rangers or something or Yu-Gi-Oh as a kid like advert shows that are meant to sell you things um because there are like the way that they name drop stuff it does feel like they're trying to sell me things where they're like, oh, we got to go to Sanrio Pureland. And then they get this like really detailed high-res shot of the of front yeah. of the theme park. And you're like, you can or just go, go there by going to Japan. Or when they go to the merchandise store and then like the, the yeah, layout the of store, the stores, yeah. everything like super detailed and whatever. Yeah. They have this whole plot about like, oh, you went to the store without me? Like we got to go together and we got to like make a day of going to the Sanrio store. <laughs> and they're like, uh, but I don't. Think, I know. Like I, I also like I definitely... actually the best example of this is the student council president going to the the store to like blow off steam and help refocus. Yeah, yeah that's... <laughs> I gotta go buy products. Like, what do you do in the store? You just like look at the products and buy them? Like this? <laughs> it's, it's like, not this like a like, hangout spot. It's like like transcendental meditation almost. <laughs> like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually need to be in my Sanrio world. That's just where I feel the most at peace. Yeah. It it the store itself reminded me of like a build a bear, yeah. Or it's like it's cute and there's things to buy. <laughs> like that's it, it's kind of it. But that was the vibe I got from the store. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you like do you all think that this show functions like if you took the Sanrio stuff out, like would you still be interested in it? I mean, I, yeah, I would. I don't think it's no it's it's no more of an advertisement than like Pokemon. Well, yeah. yeah. So I I don't know. It doesn't really bother me that much and. Like, I don't know. The fact that they like Sanrio. Like, it could be any other brand. It could, be, it could be a made-up brand and it'd still be fine. The only thing yeah. that's, like, sometimes it, like, flashes, like... Uh, the factoids. The factoids about all the characters on screen. Yeah. Which feels Pom-pom like... pom Pomparine's the... cute thing is his butthole. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I forgot about where someone pokes the butthole. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> the oh the little God. girl's like, look, his butt. And then she just pokes it. <laughs> 
like, wow, show me the... He like says, like, show me the butthole or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That part feels like the most commercial part of it. But other than that, that I don't know. It didn't really stick out to me it didn't feel like unnatural it didn't stick out to me in, the, in a weird way so it didn't really bother me yeah i i thought that too i thought that despite it being like ultimately a a marketing campaign for sanrio i it shows that the staff actually cares about the production and stuff like that and that they care about telling a nice story and um i don't know I, I, I was pleasantly surprised because that was my initial uh, impression of this is whenever I heard about Sanrio Boys, I was like, okay, it's j- literally just a marketing campaign, like, whatever. But it ends up being pretty heartwarming and relatable and sweet. And there's like, c- characters have arcs and they play off each other in fun ways and the writing's good, so. Yeah. I was only, I was definitely yeah. impressed with the character depth. The only aspect of this that I don't like is the like not gayness of the whole thing, where I don't know they they kind of go out of the way to be like they're but they're not into each other, and yeah I know and, and and they're attracted to girls. See, you was talking to all the women. They like girls. They like girls. I promise. They're totally heterosexual. <laughs> and I mean, they chose like. They didn't just like it. The, I, we, this is why I deliberately like wanted to look up which studio made this. Studio Piro is like one of the biggest anime studios in existence, just to name a few shows uh, Bleach, Naruto, Yu Yu Hakusho, Tokyo Ghoul, Beelzebub, Great Teacher Onizuka, uh, Black Clover, and more. Yeah. And, like way more. Like they have done everything. Um, it's not like they just like licensed this out to some fuck off company. And like made a quick buck off of it. Like it has a lot of care into it. It's a it's a beautiful show, honestly. Yeah. Um, they uh, they they didn't just like skimp on that because they wanted it to be enjoyable. Like you you mentioned Pokemon, and like often, especially later Pokemon series of the anime, you're just like, oh, this is this scene exists to make me excited to see this in the game. For example, like this gym leader fight or whatever. Like yeah, there is no reason for this plot to exist other than that thing. Uh, and because it's a shonen, where this show, it's like, yeah, I, this not everything about this makes me want. Like, I don't. It's not like if you have family issues, you should also get into Sanrio. <laughs> it's like, no, these <laughs> characters have family issues, and as a separate fact of truth, they are, like Sanrio. Those aren't connected. <laughs> yeah. I also well, that, think yeah, one yeah. thing that is very, very, uh, it's a nice touch is that the voice actors for the characters sing the opening and the ending. Really. Yeah, like they're, they're the characters are the ones singing the the openings and the endings instead of like having a band perform it. It's like the actual staff. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's good. Especially because that opening and the ending are both very, very, very good. Yeah. Yes, I I actually really enjoy them. I don't skip them usually. <laughs> they're just colorful and beautiful. Because I think um, it was really cool that we chose to end on episode seven because. Episode seven is where they go to Sanrio Pureland as a as a group, and then in mm-hmm. the evening, uh, they go watch a show, like a musical performed by a bunch of Sanrio like actors playing Sanrio characters, and it's just like this really beautiful like light and color show, and it's just all of them being happy together. And you're like, this is a nice, almost like a nice note to end on, 
Yeah, um, I was actually thinking that exact thing. I was like, it's actually a really good episode to end on because they're finally, like, all together and they're all friends and they go out and do this, like, super bonding experience and it ends on a very positive note. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's a very positive show. It made me, it made me happy. I'm very glad we watched it. Um, and I think it's, like, shows that there's, like, a lot of potential in basing your your like anime premise or whatever your show premise on a license thing doesn't have doesn't have to be anything like corporate or wrong feeling about that do we have any uh closing thoughts y'all it's a cute show it's okay to like things it's okay to like sanrio boys yes Alrighty, next month for Fireside Friends, we are watching the 1970s action film, The Warriors. Uh, it's an old one. It's an exciting one. It's very famous. Um, neither Ryan nor Katie have seen it. Is that correct? Yeah, nope. I haven't seen it. I saw it twice many years ago, like twice in the same year because I was like so into it. I really liked it at the time. I'm very curious if it holds up. I wouldn't be shocked if it doesn't, but we're going to find out. Um, okay. And then we can talk about the Rockstar game and all that stuff. <laughs> no, we won't do that. But we will go to the plug zone, which is where we plug our stuff. Fireside Friends can be found on Twitter, at Podcast Fireside. If you want to send us some email, you can do so by sending it to firesidefriendspodcast at gmail.com. Or questions at firesidefriends.net. Also true. Thank you. That's the easier one, I guess. Uh, we're on the Abnormal Mapping Network. I'm assuming Ryan put the bumper in between the episodes. Is that how that works? Or at the end? Probably at the end. <laughs> okay, there's a good bumper <laughs> for those. It's a good podcast network. You should listen to all the shows on there. They're all good. Um, and, yeah, rate rate us and review us on iTunes. Tell your friends about us. We would love to get some new listeners and some new comments and stuff. Uh, we're, we're on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Podcast. Yep, we're going to try to be doing more Twitch streams soon. Uh we, we just came up with a really cool banner for our, like, intermission stuff, so uh, expect to see very cool things on there soon. Uh, and then, Katie, where can people find you online? People can find me at Cedar Grave. That is the tag that I use for all my accounts, so Tumblr, Twitter, DeviantArt. I do art, so you can commission me, whatever. I'll probably have, like, eventually I'll have official things with regards to that but yeah cedar grave that is me fantastic how about you ryan you can find me on twitter at taco detective and then i run the twitter account for this podcast at podcast fireside extremely exciting uh and i can be found on twitter at alan ibrahim that's spelled a-l-l-e-n-i-b-r-a-h-i-m and I'm on two other podcasts. One is Chats a Television Podcast, found wherever you listen to those things. It's a TV podcast that I host with Magellan, my friend. We watch television shows and we discuss them. Right now we're uh, getting past the second half of The Newsroom, which is a really bad Aaron Sorkin show that we're having a lot of fun ripping into. Um, and I'm also on a new podcast, which I don't think existed the last time we recorded this, um, called The Garnet Wager, uh, where Ooh. me and um, friend of the site Six... Uh, talk about the Korean game show The Genius um, and we are loving that show it's a very good game show that we uh, have been watching week to week and uh, making predictions and bets about and then we also 
have like a little metagame where we play games against each other of all sorts and then win uh, Garnets ourselves. Uh, so it's a good it's a good time. It's kind of a high concept show, but it's a good it's a fun one. Uh, and that I think is going to do it for this episode of Fireside Friends. Good luck out there, and don't forget to take care of yourselves. Bye. Bye. Spot version of that song is really, really great. Oh, I'll be right back. <laughs>my god the all the small things kids bop is so bad who's sing whose mans is this yeah this was at the this was early enough kids bop where it wasn't necessarily a child it still had that like 140 year old He's got like a southern accent too Oh, yeah, my show. <laughs>